I'm going to interview Mr. Kushiram and uh, discuss the book and hopefully get you interested in reading it and provide some background information. I appreciate your taking interest in my book. Uh, the, as he said, the book was written in the Indian context. Uh, it's social and political and economic milieu. And I never thought that you people will be so much, uh, you will be able to so much understand it, appreciate it. I thank you really for that because I got more numerous and intensive reaction from my friends sitting here than my own people for whom I wrote this book. Yeah, uh, I actually it was not meant to be a book. I started writing for my children. I'm, a, I'm running 90th year of my life and I always think, oh, today I can die, tomorrow I can die. And I had a serious bleeding problem in the last year. And I thought, if I die, everything will go with me. Why not put it in writing for my children? Let them know from where we came, what the struggle I made, on account of which you are here like that. And also, somewhat uh, my philosophy of life, so that they know what the old guy was thinking about. What was his, uh, you know, how he arrived at those conclusions. It was in that context that I started and, you know, jotting down my my various incidents of my life and then how I developed emotionally and mentally during that process. Uh, I was motivated to write this book to bring about the iniquitous and exploitative system in India, social, economic, because People take it just for granted. I want to tell them that it is pinching somebody. It is, it is hitting somebody. It is. It was for my people to wake up. Oh, you are suffering. Why don't you think for yourself? And the people who are cause of our selfish, ah, I wanted to put them to shame. That this is what you have been doing to us. Don't you repent even today in this age of democracy? This, this is the small idea in writing this book. The second one was, uh, I have already mentioned, just to advise my own people to walk out of the conservative society as a protest against exploitation. Uh, people have not yet got onto this idea. I, I appreciate that you did it. And also, I wanted to give my children a new philosophy of Buddhism and I want to tell them that it is so close to humanism which is the, which is the future religion of uh, the whole humanity. It was from this point of view that I got it. There are a lot of books, you know, floating around on this later part of the, my work, but still I took courage. Let me put down whatever I think at my level and I'm able to communicate to the, my children who are more or less of my level of thinking, not high uh, philosophical, you know, readings and all that. So I thank you very much.
and uh, all the ideas, especially those touching my philosophy of life, those I learned from people right sitting here. Your book on humanism, it, it was my guide. Yeah. So now this is uh, uh, in this book. I started with my village. What my village like? Where I was brought up? What type of people were living there? What was their standard of living? What was their thinking? How they are behaving towards each other? And uh, then. I, uh, how I joined the primary school. It happened to be there and if my father had not put me into that school he would have been in jail. That was the law in those days. Otherwise nobody was sending the children to the schools. And uh, then in my experience as a small child how I worked and helped my children even as a small child and I was not a good worker because I am a bit soft and I have mentioned that my younger sister was able to cut more grass than myself <laughs> and my mother will be sometimes angry, look boy, look at this girl, she has produced more grass than you, you only eat and don't work. <laughs> I have mentioned, I have not gone to those details. But those were the realities of life for me. Then, how, how I, after doing my primary class and wasting another two years in another school, where English was not taught as a language, and I was to sit home. And I mentioned in the very first paragraph how my uncle, my Father's elder brother had a son who was to join a Anglo vernacular, a, a, a school where English is taught as the language. He wanted to send his son there. He was a person who was moving around in the society and he knew the value of English. He said, "My, I want my son to learn English. Why don't you, you send your son? And I have described, my father said, no, I can't afford him, all sorts of things. But I, I happened to join that school and I shone there as a good student. The teacher got fond of me. They helped me. They, I got almost free education. They gave me the books free. And sometimes the teachers will tell me, Do, come to our school, have some food with us. They liked me so much. And they found some uh, families where children require small coaching. They were either junior to me in class or just in my class. Just sit with them, have a chat, and almost like forcing them to be on their books, not like a tutor. So I was able to spend my life like that as even a small child, away from my family. So then, I have mentioned that I was married at an age which I, I don't know the incident. Marriage is a big incident in life, but I don't know even a small item about that incident. I was married so young. 
and I had not left even my middle school when my wife joined me. There are social compulsions, there are other compulsions which force the poor people to send their girls to their in-laws lest they, you know, I, I think you follow now. So, I had not left the even middle school and somehow I struggled. Uh, the, in my, the first examination publicly held by the university, there was only one university uh, in my province at that time and the examination is called the matriculation examination. I got very good marks in that. My headmaster was so proud of me. He even went through the whole gazette and he, he told me that out of thousands of students, you are between 60th and 70th rank. He was so proud of me. But after I came out at school, I had no plan for going to college. I want to tell you how, how life has been shaped. I was feeling lonely in my village and I went back to the school. Although it is about seven or eight kilometers from my village, I used to go back and forth every day and I went again to that school after about a week of the result of the matriculation examination. And a teacher who had never taught me because I joined the school in ninth and tenth for ninth and tenth grade and he used to be at the lower classes. He never taught me but he knew me that I am a brilliant student. So he, 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 he spotted me. He said, Kushiram, why are you here? What are you doing? I said, sir, I felt lonely and I wanted to see my friends. I thought I would have a cat with them and it will be worthwhile day and then go back. He said, what about your joining the college? That in my own language, which means I have no potency or capacity or ability or power to join that college. He said, what? You are a very good student. You have taught, got very good marks in the public examination. And if you are not good enough for going to college, who else? Sir, I, what I meant was that I have no money financial position to go. My parents are too poor. He took out a piece of paper from his book, uh, pocket, gave me his address. He said, I live in Yalandar town where there's a college. If you are interested, come to my house. Look, look at the, look how my life was shaped. There are so many incidents like that. He gave me that address and said, if you are interested, come to my house, stay with us, finish your college. I ran home, told my father, this is what has happened and I want to go to university. We have nothing to say. Uh, you, you do anything you can. So I took a small bed sheet, a pillow and went to that. And there I, I was there for a small period because other uh, means became available to me to my, have my own, you know, free career. 
and I finished my graduation uh, in 1946. I did honors in economics in those days. And uh, so this is how then I joined. By chance, this is again, after joining the, after leaving the college, yeah, I spent the time here and there, and then I joined a local school. I was not aware of the opportunities available for me in Delhi. So to make a small living, I joined that school. And as a young man, I used to move amongst my people telling them, look how I have gone out. I got education, why don't you send your children to the school? I am a teacher, send them to my school. I will coach them. Like that, or some social custom, why you spend so much money on marriages, on death ceremonies, save them for the children. Like that I was talking. Maybe I was talking politics too. Why don't you choose good leaders? And the school belonged to our dominant community, the exploiting community, the community of landlords. They came to know of this, that I am moving about amongst my poor people like that. And the manager of the school called me one day to his house and said, the conversation I have mentioned here. To cut it short, he forced me to leave the school. He said, either you teach or you work amongst your people. There is no alternative. Although I was giving overtime to my class without payment. In those days, teachers used to be very dedicated. I was just following my own teachers, you know, giving them even extra class for weaker students, for brilliant students. I told him, look, I am giving, where my sweat is required, I am giving my blood. Look at the class I am, ask anybody if anybody is dissatisfied. It's only an extra time on Saturday and Sunday. Why do you? He said, no, you are working against our interest. We are landlords. This school is run by the landlord and you are trying to organize the laboring class against us. It was like, so I said that, because I was a young at that time, I said, for the money I get from you, I teach the class. And in that bargain, I have not sold my conscience to you. He said, okay, wait for our decision. They sent me a notice of termination. This is how I am what I am today. It was that kick which pushed me up. When I started writing this book, I wanted to title it Matter of Chance. Uh, Conrad has given a quotation in the, in the paper distributed to you. I am really fond of that. And I wanted to say that everything that has happened in my life is a matter of chance. I am not proud of it. I didn't do much for it. But later on, somebody advised me that more than struggle, what you achieved is more important. You got emancipated. You got, you walked from servitude to freedom. Emotionally, mentally, intellectually, economically, socially, in every respect. 
just title it like that. That is how I came this title. Otherwise, I had written my life as a matter of chance. How I born in a poor family, how I got education, how I got into service, how I came to this Canadian paradise, all matter of chance. But this is ultimately, this is how the book has come to shape itself. I, I hope I have not taken too much of your time off. Thank you very much for listening. Now his questions. Quick chat, Connor, how, how long do we have? Oh, by ear. We have to be out of here. I would say we should start moving on around 1130. Okay. Oh, okay. I, uh, I have gone through his uh, more than three pages uh, matter. He has very interesting questions. I am I'm surprised he has gone through the book with a, such a uh, with such great attentive mind. He has to try to read in each sentence. For example, <laughs> he, he, he put me a question. I have mentioned somewhere there are two castes in my community. One caste to which I belong, they are called Chamars. And there is a small caste which we consider is lower than us. You know, it is funny that people who are touchable, they consider other people as more untouchable. This, so we call them Valmikis. In my book, I have mentioned that everybody knew his position, and behave properly, never protest, except for one community, the community of Valmikis, who protested to the Chamar, behave, don't touch us. And I am glad that he has caught that point and he asked me why the Valmikis were protesting. It's a very interesting question. And by the way, if I were to answer all his questions, they are all decent and very good. I will require another two or three volumes to answer all. <laughs> now, I want to give, for example, a small answer to this question. It's a small village. Other, there are, in fact, there are only two classes, the agriculture owning classes, land owning classes, and non-land owning. There are subdivisions here and there. And these two communities will depended on as agricultural laborer. So, so means of livelihood the same, language the same, culture is the same, and we are living cheek by bow, you know, near to each other, away from the village, but close to each other. But the Chamar thought that they are superior to the Balmikis. Now he says, why? Or why the Balmikis is gentle? The, the, I, the, the Chamar had one additional job, which they had taken over, or they were forced to take over, I don't know. They were the, um, the leather workers. For example, dead animal, they will drag it away from the village, skin it, and process the skin. So that's a very dirty job. I have mentioned to mentioned an incident about that. How dirty it is that I attended a village of tanner in, in a village of tanners. I couldn't stand there for even five minutes. I fell almost unconscious, ran out of the village, hired a rickshaw and was in the fresh air. 
so they were doing the jamaats were doing such a dirty job that the valmik said we don't do that job we are agricultural workers like you and you are doing this additional dirty job how is it that you consider yourself superior to us this is the answer i have but these are the details which i could not have given in this book i have hinted at this only for my own people that jamaats who unreasonably hated another small community just you know of their equal state that was only a small hint it is a hint to my own people look you are hated by the others exploited by the others you know considered low by the other and you are bad enough to consider another community lower than even yourself it was a hint dropped my own people behave properly that valmiki don't like this idea they resent it so treat them as equal and he got that point see like that he has so many questions i really love to read this book and if i ever happen to write anything or more about this i will take note of these and now i leave it to him thank you very much <laughs> thank you It's an odd experience, actually, because this this day is supposed to be about you, and um, you've, you've taken over taken over many of my questions. But I'll ask some of some of the ones that that um, remain. But first of all, actually, I'm very glad you wrote this book. When I first joined the humanist organization, talking to um, many of you, you, you've always mentioned, "Have you heard Kushi speak yet? Have, have you talked to him directly?" And so I was always looking forward to, to sitting down and talking with you um, about your history, and or just listening to you, really. But then, then you fell sick, and you weren't here anymore for a while. So it's very sad. But this book has been a great opportunity to finally hear the great stories that you had to tell. So thank you for for taking the the courage to write it. Um, so one thing that I'm wondering is, was there a final was there like a final threshold that you reached that made you actually sit down and start writing? Because many I know it's a problem with many writers that it, it's the starting can sometimes be the hardest point. So do you remember if there's a certain event or something someone said to you that that made you sit down and start writing this? I have already mentioned it. Last year I fell seriously sick. Yeah. My stomach was bleeding and I was feeling I will not be there anymore. I will die very soon. In fact, to my son, I fell I fell in the in my washroom. I had gone to the washroom and I bled. and i fell unconscious and he, he looked at me said oh papa what happened let's go to the hospital immediately he clothed me and put me in his car and took me to the hospital they gave me five bottles of blood it was in that context when i recovered i said every idea will go back these children will not even my grandchildren will not know how you know how they are and how they have become what they are and what 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 led to all this then also i thought of the various ideas in my head which were not in consonance with the prevailing thinking my children even were not now i am glad now they are coming up to these ideas but they they all say oh daddy why do you bother nobody is going to reform this you are unnecessarily wasting your breath keep 
you go and you maintain your mental poise and maintain your health. We need you more than the word. So <laughs> I thought all my ideas would go with. Then I started writing and within two months I prepared this book. This is how nobody else, I my own urge that I should leave behind something to my children and to my great children. That is how I wrote. Nobody gave me the idea. I only thought myself, why not put down my uh, the, the, the factors that led me to this. And especially what I am now thinking as a human being and why. That was it. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, yeah, that's something that's different with this autobiography is you have that section on philosophy, which you've hinted at before, which, which is, mirrors a lot of humanist ideas. I'm wondering, um, since it is quite different from the rest of the book, how, how was the, was it, was it more fun? Was it a different process that you had when actually writing it? I, as I have written in the very first uh, sentence, Generally, autobiographies are written by great statesmen, intellectuals, successful military campaigners, rags-to-riches entrepreneurs, etc., etc., or otherwise well-known people. I do not belong to any of these categories. I was born in a poor family like that, like that. I did not write this book for others, actually. And my philosophy of life has arisen out of my own experience. You know, they are intertwined. So when I, in fact, even when I relate some incidents of my life, I always put it in such a way that people arrive at some conclusion. And they, they arrive, they, this is what he wants to say from this. This is the lesson he wants to teach. It is in that small effort that I wrote this book. Philosophy of life I have not written because there are very good books on philosophy of life as such. I am a very small fry. In fact, all these ideas are borrowed. I, I myself say I learned all this here in Canada. I am lucky to be a member of, a, 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 you know, associated with you. And that's all. I, it's, not, it's not philosophy as such. I have tried to say, okay, I came out of this situation and now I feel that it is better to behave or think like this, like this, so that you don't fall into the ditch again. My main idea is that wise men, strong men, unscrupulous men are out to exploit simple-minded and ordinary people. Be on your guard. Don't get exploited in any way, either economically or politically and last of all emotionally and mentally. This is the greatest disease we are suffering from now and I wanted this to be put across to my children. Be on your guard. Think for yourself. The last word in my book are be your own lamb, Lord Buddha. See, otherwise, it, there's no, I, I'm not a philosopher and I'm not a great man. This book is written for my own 
small people, people of my stature, people of my small thinking. It's not that big. Thank you. So you mentioned earlier on the, the, the first two chapters in particular describe the situation in which you were raised. And one of them really struck me as at your school you describe having to drink, the only way you can drink water is if someone of a higher caste were to pour water from the water jug into your hands from what you had to drink. And there were other accounts of, of things that, of actions that you had to follow that were very, very demeaning. Um, do you remember, but because the caste system was so ingrained, do you remember at that young age realizing that this was an insult? Or, um, and, or, or were you at that young age starting to have, realize that maybe we should start changing? That small incident is really a very small incident in my life or in the life we have. There are bigger, bigger, more numerous insults just caste system is very pernicious, very bad system. It dehumanizes the other party. It provides them. This is a very small thing. And to be frank, it, when I was small and I was not, I was told not to touch that pot. And if I need water, ask somebody and I will say like, I take it just normal. Because I have mentioned that everybody knew his station in life. Who is higher, who is lower, whom to touch, whom not to touch. And everybody behaved very, very decently. No, never any protest. It was, when I, when I entered my, I was probably in high school or somewhere, I have mentioned the name of a gentleman. He was a, he was a bit educated person, but working amongst the cooperative societies of his village. So he was a well-to-do man. I happened to talk to him on some matter, and I stood like this when he was standing away from there. I just came and just stood like this. And I began talking. He said, oh, you dare to approach me? Stand behind and talk. This was the type of attitude we were in. They could not accept us even as equally in any small way. He, for example, in our own uh, group of houses, we are sitting in an open house. We are sitting on our uh, cots, you know, having a cat. And if a high caste man happens to pass by, everybody will get up. Because we are not supposed to sit on the cart when the other man is on his feet. This was the type of situation in, in which I was brought. I, am, I was lucky to get out of it slowly and slowly. And I thank the British Raj, the rule of the British people over India for a few years. They gave us a lot of things, but they gave us administration, representative of the people. They gave us, above all, this language in which I am speaking to you. All this knowledge has come to me 
from books written in English, which I read mostly right here, and I, I, I feel I am reborn. I feel I am reborn. There are so. I have I have written this book not uh, to teach others to, or to wail about. I wrote this book only important things, not very many details. Very many details. How we were sexually exploited. I have not mentioned because these are things which are not in good taste. And uh, we had very bad time. This this was a very small thing. But I tell you, we woke up. My wife, I have mentioned a lot about her in this book. She was an illiterate uh, lady. We were in Delhi and went back to see on some social function. We went to the my in-laws, the parents, her parents. Her sister, they were going from one village to the other. I was also with them. And uh, uh, myself and my wife were ahead of us and it was hot weather and we wanted wa to drink water. So on the way there was a shopkeeper who had some provision for offering water to the you know wayfarers, people going because the hot weather. Everyone wants to do some good deed. So he had water in him. We asked for water, both of us, and they gave us water in a glass. Thinking us to be high caste people, not low caste people, because my wife was beautiful. She sees her photograph. She was very beautiful lady and tall like me. They gave, they gave us the water in the same glass which they will give to the higher caste people. So we took the water and just walked ahead. Her sister and husband were behind us. They also felt thirsty. They asked also for water from that man. And they, he made some sort of a provision like this. He will pour water here. It will flow here and from there they will drink. And my wife happened to see what happened behind. Oh, my sister, my sister is being treated like this. Because she had gone to Delhi and she liked what life is, what equality means. She came back and she kicked that apprentice like this. Oh, you have this sister? This is my sister. You gave the glass of water. Why did you not offer the same glass to her? This is the type of, you know, growth we had. Uh, in those days, I, 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 I was surprised that she was more bold than my. I would not have bothered much. I had, but, but she came back and kicked the whole apparatus and she said, don't you know that we are living in free India? Untouchability is abolished under the law. You can be sent to prison. He was shivering. He said, oh, madam, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, Thank you very much. All these incidents I have not related here because otherwise this book will become very bulky. Yeah. Yeah. Could you explain a bit more about the caste system? Was it was it physical or dress? Could you go to another village and pass yourself off as a higher caste person? Oh, 
You have raised a very big question. Car system is not, car system is outside too. In fact, car system, it has evolved over thousands of years. And people who are exploiting classes on the other side, with experience, they will try to strengthen their position and weaken the position of the lower class so that they never rise up. So take any department of life, whether it is economic, political, or social, or cultural, or religious, education, even dress. For example, from the dress you could find out he belongs to such and such caste. It is such a all-pervasive type of thing that not, no loophole is left. In this book I have mentioned that caste has traveled even to Canada. Caste has traveled even to Canada and my people tell me it is worse here. My son always tells me I never came across caste in Delhi. But I come across in caste at every step here. Sometimes he protests to me. Eh? I said, you, then you be in my company. Leave that fort. Just kick, kick them. Tell them we don't belong to you. You may have caste system, but we don't belong to you. There is no question of applying your principles on us. We are free. So, caste system is here. Car system is here, and I tell you a small incident. I was working with the Imperial Parking Company, and two Indians from my area, they approached me, they wanted to talk to me. I talked to them nicely, and they wanted to know about somebody who happened to be in my company again. We were together back uh, in Delhi in the same office and we, it so happened that he joined the same company. So I knew him well. He is a high caste man. So called high caste. I don't believe in that. So I talked to them nicely. They went away and after some time one of them with a dirty mind he thought, why not ask him about his caste? The both of them, the other man tried to tell him, it, it so happened, because I came to know, let, don't bother about this. In Canada, we should not ask to which caste do you belong. But see, he persisted, he came back, both of them came back, and he said, are you a Brahman? Brahman is the highest caste, and I belong to the Chamar caste, which is the lowest. In this I have mentioned that they are poles apart. So he told, he asked me, are you a Brahman? <laughs> I, I was cut to the quick. I said, yes, I, I am a Brahman, but a cow eating Brahman. Oh, because cows are sacred to the Brahman. When I said I am a cow eating Brahman, he, the, he just, you know, he, his, his whole thing fell down. 
the other man said, oh boy, did I not tell you, don't talk about caste in this country. <laughs> See, this is, this is the situation. This is the situation. That is why wherever I go, I tell my people, come out of the fold. There are a lot of opportunity, lot of, you know, uh, systems are available. Join those systems, give them up. They will go numerically down. Your camp will go high up. They get demoralized. Then they will treat you better. Not so long as you are in their camp. They will keep you down. They will give you such lessons, even in religion, that you are there because God wants you to be there. We are higher because God made us higher. Then how can you protest against God? You can't protest against God. You will go to hell. So that's how and I think I answered you. Um, I'll ask one question and take some more just because it leads so well into what you're saying. So you're, um, okay, where is it? Yeah, so, so you mentioned later on when you, when you finished college and came back as a teacher, you did try to help others um, in your village to become free and, and to leave, maybe leave the, maybe not exactly leave the caste system, but to, but to take more for themselves. Um, but you also mentioned that it's hard, and, and seeing other parts in the world too, people who, who don't have the education and are in the system, it's very hard for them to understand the value of education. Um, maybe you want to talk about that and how you got around this sort of anti, um, against um, what I'm suspecting from in your book, there's a lot of anti-education sentiment. So how did you get around that when trying to help others? Man is like any other animal. We are only speaking animals. And out of speech, everything is come. We communicate with one another. We understand each other. We pass on messages. For example, what I learned in my life, I am passing on. It's only through language, through education. Edu Language comes by education. <laughs> it's very funny. When I speak to my people in my own, I am a born Punjabi, and Punjabi is a, a, a slightly distinct language than Hindi, our own national language. But for some good reasons, which I don't want to go in detail. Whenever I speak to people of my own, I speak to them in Hindi. So I, I raise the point of education. Education is the main thing. A man is what he is because of his education. If you get the right type of ideas through education, you are a right person. If you get the wrong ideas through your education, you are wrong. So I tried to teach my own people back home when I was a teacher. Give good education to your children. Don't spend on their marriages. Spend on their education. Send them to school. Send them to college. Don't spend too much money on the person who is dead. He's already gone. Just burning or burying is enough. Don't spend. Don't send the money to him through your priest to God so that he passes on to him. And there, nothing like that happens. You know, you spend that money which you spend on the dead, spend on the living. This is the type of education I was giving to my people and this was resented by the class who exploited us through 
bad education passed on to us through bad religion. Thank you. I read your book, uh, Cushy, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, didn't understand half of it, but that's beside the point. One sentence in the book dealt with child marriage. And it seemed to me that uh, that's something that affects your entire life. So I found it uh, interesting that you would dismiss it in one sentence. And uh, for the benefit of others in the room, in this month's National Geographic magazine, there's an entire article about child marriage in the part of the world you came from. A very extensive article with beautiful photographs. And so I would just like you to comment briefly on that. And others that would like to read it can read the National Geographic for themselves. This is a very interesting question. And I couldn't deal with the whole issue of child marriage because it's not my concern. I only mentioned because <laughs> marriage is a very important uh, stage in life. It is one of the very event in life which one remembers for life. So child marriage has arisen out of certain, again, uh, caste considerations, religious considerations. If you hook the child in childhood, he or she won't run away. If you allow them to choose their partner, they are most likely to break the caste barrier which is so dear to our people. So, this is one consideration. Uh, maybe among the higher caste, but among the lower caste, same ideas percolated. But one big consideration is expenses. If you have two children, marry them at the same time, all your friends and relatives are there, they will have only one set of uh, expenditure and you save a lot of money. The same thing happened with me. My wife had an elder sister. She was senior to her by about maybe 10 years or like that. She, her marriage was to be arranged. And my father-in-law thought, why not arrange the marriage of a smaller girl also along with, and she can go to her in-laws when she grows up, but marriage portion, let it be over. So in order to save money, they arranged for this marriage. And I don't remember even a single incident. And also, poor people will try to marry off their children early because unless they are abducted, you know, they are molested. And a molested child is not accepted to this society. So they will try to pass away their children to their, you know, other partner as soon as possible, as at least in the in the eyes of the society. Everything rested then is covered up. All malthinking of society, misbehaviors, incidents of life like what is called rape or something. They are all covered once the child is married. She is married, but it's all okay. She will go to her in-law. If she is being followed by by a boy, my suppose my wife is beautiful and she is moving in the, in her village. The high caste people will have an eye on her. So to get rid of this problem, they will send the child away. Uh, 
and also it's a strengthened caste system because if you allow the child to grow up chase their own partner they will they are most likely to try break the barrier caste so the caste uh, people who wanted to keep caste they wanted to marry their children early you talk about the caste system it's interesting when you're there you don't feel it as an outsider i damn well know it's there because in my immediate uh, so-called family, there was an incident with a arranged marriage and turned out he wasn't good enough because he was supposed to be a lower class and in the last minute they found someone else. But uh, I thought, uh, the way I understand it, that Sikhism was to eliminate caste system and equality for men and women. And hundreds of years later, it's not there, and that's so amazing. And of course, secondly, as you mentioned, the caste system exists in Canada in the East Indian community quite a great deal. You just have to read the newspapers where they ads for brides and grooms, and they have the audacity to put in the caste system in this country and they get away with it. And do you have any comments about that? Mm. There are two main parts of the observation made my way First is about Sikhism and caste, and the second is about their caste observation right in this country. So they, they are two different questions and uh, I will try to remember and answer. Sikhism arose out of Hinduism. This is my this is my reading of the situation. This because I have studied a lot, almost all the religions of the world, including the Baha'i faith and other. And I was I was educated in Sikh schools for six years in my formative years. They taught me a lot about Sikh religion. Sikh theology, Sikh history, and uh, my own village is Sikh village. Uh, I have mentioned there are only three Muslim families, three or four Brahman families, and then the most of them lower caste, and lower caste have to belong to one religion or the other because they don't have their own identity. Now they are trying to discover and uh, caste system was observed in a big way I have described in there. The, even the cremation grounds are different for low caste people and high caste people. It is so much prevalent among the Sikhs. My village is a Sikh village and we have separate cremation grounds. We have separation, separate ponds for, you know, we have separate areas of residence. We are not allowed to be near the village. And it's a Sikh village. There was a Gurdwara and I was, I have mentioned there that I was the first metric, I was the first high school living boy in my village. They were all illiterate people. They were landed gentry, no doubt, but there was nothing here. 
Their culture was limited to agriculture. Nothing beyond that. So they treated us in the same way the Hindus have been treating us for thousands of years. In that Gurdwara, there was a hall, a big hall like this, and a, a veranda where the people used to remove their shoes. We were made to sit in that. See, so please don't just ever accept this idea that Sikhism arose to kill caste. No, they arose to save the Hindus. The Hindus were lost soul, lost sheep. Their books were in Sanskrit, known only to the Brahmins. They never allowed the lower people to learn anything, even amongst the higher caste. You know, there are four main castes. Now there are thousands of divided sub-castes and what you call communities. Only the Brahmins knew how to read and write. So the people were getting converted to Islam in a big way because they never understood their religion and they were divided. If I am headed in, suppose I was born during the Muslim rule and I had the same type of awakening, I would have killed Hinduism at that time and become a Muslim because they gave us higher status, sense of equality. It was to save Hinduism from that onslaught that Sikhism was born. The Sikh scripture is nothing but a Punjabiized version of the old Hindu idea. There's nothing new. It's all, all, you know, propaganda, exaggerating small differences here and there. The only good thing about this is that they don't preach caste system. They don't preach, they don't uphold caste system, but they allow it to exist. You know, so much so, in this book probably <laughs> I have mentioned that there are three main castes, the Ramdasya, the Chamars and the Chudas. If a Chuda becomes a Sikh, he is called Majbi Sikh. If a Chamar becomes a Sikh, he is called Ramdasya Sikh. Even as Sikhs, they don't come together. They are low caste people, they suffer from caste system. Leave Hinduism because of too much of caste system, they go over to Sikhism till they practice caste. Even their nomenclature is not, it, it, that is that is a thing which is written for my own people. Try to understand what it means. For example, the 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 Balmikis who resented the Chamas, you are considering them higher, when they converted into Sikhism, they wanted to be called Rangaretas. Rangareta means a Rajput, a high caste. The Sikhs did not allow them to use that terminology. They called them Majbi. They said, no, my own people, uh, my great-grandfather, they had two or three brothers, one of them turned Sikh. And they were, they were Chamar. Chamar is a very hated word. So they wanted to call themselves Narol Khalsa, means unadulterated Sikh. Role is adulteration, Narol is unadulterated. They said we are unadulterated Sikhs because we observe the caste system is 
in form. So call us in a roll call, sir. The high caste people said, no, it means we are adulterated sex. No, we can't give you that name. Then they tried to call themselves Khalsa Brada. Khalsa, you know the word Khalsa, everybody. The Sikhs called themselves Khalsa. Khalsa brother. Brother is a Persian word, it means brother. It is the same as English word. Brother and brother. They are the same. So they said, okay, call us Khalsa brother. They said, it means the other Sikhs are non-Khalsa. Damn it, we don't allow you that. We call you Ramdasya and just you are Ramdasya. Be contented with that. That is the type of Sikh society we have got. That is why we try to come out of that too. Ah, yes. Now coming to the second part of the question. As I told you, the disease is here. And mental baggage goes with wherever the man goes. It's very difficult. You can throw away your coat. But you can't throw away what is contained here. Suppose my village people, they are here and I am also here with them. I may have better house than them. I may be able to speak better language, convey myself, beautiful language, and I may have even a collection of books and everything. Culture-wise, I may be superior to them in this country. But... Uh, they will not treat me as equal. I give you a small incident again in my business. Our village man, he came to our house. My wife was alive. It is, I think, 15-year-old story. And he began to talk about old things in the village. And by and by, he said, Mr. Sonso Chama, my wife said, he said, Dharma Chamar. Dharma is a name of a person in our village and he belongs to the Chamar community. So make it sure that we understand who is he talking about. He said, Dharma Chamar said so and so. And like that. My wife, my wife, wife heard that word. She said, uh, Malkia, the boy's name is Malkia. Malkia, how many Dharmas are in our village? He said, only one. Then my wife said, how is it that you had to tell us that she is Dharma Chama to fix him up? Why could you not say only Dharma? We would have followed what he, what, who he was. Will you please talk in this type of nonsense? If you ever enter our house and use this word again, I will throw you out of the house. This is the, this is the type of behavior pattern, you know. In this book I have mentioned, when I came here I wanted to know how Indians are behaving here. Is there any change? And the Sikhs are the dominant community here. They have their Gurdwara. There is no other place to go. So I want, I wanted to, I'm not particularly fond of their service, although I like some of their music. But uh, I will stay outside and if the old people are sitting there talking, I will try to listen to them what they are talking about, make some small contribution or something like that. Because I am new to their group. 
the first thing will ask me, what is your name? I would say, I, my name is Khushi. I won't even add Ram. Let them take it as Khushi Muhammad or Khushi Ram. I, I leave it to them. Because this word is so common that this my name is partly Muslim too. If I add Muhammad to my name, it becomes Khushi Muhammad. And if I were add the word Ram, I become a Hindu, it's Khushi Ram. I'll say, oh, I am Khushi. Then you'll say, they'll say, oh, from which part of Punjab? You look to be a Punjabi, from which part? Oh, I come from Jalandhar. Then they say, which village? Then, what your surname, what your last name? I'd say, I don't use my surname, I don't. Then they would say, what was the profession you are doing? Then I would say, I was in government service in Delhi. Then, oh, 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 that's also not a very clear indication of what you are. <laughs> well, they won't consider me man as a man. Then say, okay, what was your father doing? Where was he living? Huh? Like that, they will try to place me and if they happen to know that I belong to a lower caste which is hated there back home, they will have the same type of treatment right here. That's why I feel more comfortable with you than those people, you see. That is the state of affairs and we have the high caste Jat Sikh Gurdwaras like Rashtit Gurdwara and Deshmesh Darwa. We have Ramgadhya Gurdwara. The Ramgadhyas are a artisan class. You know, the blacksmiths and carpenters. They are so much hated by those people that they have set up their own Gurdwara. The Chamars have their own Gurdwara. Even in this country, they can't come together in one place, although they worship the same book. The same book in the Jamar Gurdwara, same book in the Ramgadiya Gurdwara, same book in the other Gurdwara. There is such a big division, it's, it's, it's very difficult to describe. Thank you. Thank you. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but um, the, the book does go on more from the caste system because you had, you had a long career in the government, and unfortunately, we can't ask many questions about that. But um, again, I've read it. It's it's very. I highly recommend it, especially for this group. There's many kind words at the end, also towards the BC Humanist Organization. So um, thank you again, Kushi. If there's anything, any last comments you'd like to make? Thank you very much for telling me that the people want to have this book. I'm not selling this book because this book is not meant for sale. I never thought anybody will be interested in this book beyond my own friends and relatives. So I printed a limited number of copies and distributed free. I have left them in India and brought a few copies and tried to give it only to the friends whom I knew that they are receptive. They have tried to understand it and give it. So this book is not for sale, but uh, I, I have almost exhausted those. I have a few uh, copies, I have to send them to USA, there's a group there. But I promise to you, I will call for more books from home, India, and try to give it again free to you. Thank you very much.